Welcome to Axis Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, Elon Musk buys back into Tesla, and vaping giant Juul has some new, familiar competition. But first, the Space Coast comeback. Eight years ago, Atlantis launched on what was to be America's final space shuttle mission. President Obama said at the time that it was the end of one era of space exploration, but the beginning of another, one more focused on deep space than on near orbit. But for thousands of NASA and shuttle contract workers, it was also viewed as the loss of their employment. And for an area of East Central Florida known as the Space Coast, it was devastating, particularly given that it came at the same time as America's Great Recession and subsequent cuts to NASA funding. What no one knew at the time, however, was that this area of the Atlantic coast would effectively be saved by the arrival of Pacific Coast billionaires like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Private space launches have become a frequent occurrence now, and all sorts of traditional aerospace companies have also opened local facilities to play in the resurgent space scene. Florida still receives less than 2% of all venture capital dollars invested in U.S. startups, but a lot of that money is being indirectly invested in the space coast, thus giving an economic boost that wasn't even imagined when Atlantis took its final flight. The big question now is if these private efforts will continue to go it alone, particularly on things like President Trump's stated desire to return Americans to the moon, or if NASA itself could get back in the good graces of congressional budget makers. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Managing Editor Kim Hart, who just got back from Cape Canaveral. But first, this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at BridgeBank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, BridgeBank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. We're joined now by Axios Managing Editor Kim Hart. So, Kim, you spent a bunch of time on the Space Coast as a kid. Your grandparents lived there, and you just got back from Cape Canaveral this week, meeting with local entrepreneurs and officials. What surprised you the most about this visit? Well, I think as a kid, like you mentioned, I was visiting my grandparents most of the time who lived in Cape Canaveral, and I remember watching as they, on their canal, watching the liftoff of uh, shuttle after shuttle and thought, it just seemed very unachievable, very inaccessible for someone like me, for normal people that are not NASA astronauts to be able to do that kind of thing. And so now, you know, fast forward 25 or so years later, I think what shocked me the most was how young of an environment that area, the Space Coast area has become. And the Space Coast really is the area around the Cape Canaveral Air Force Base and also uh, the Kennedy Space Center. And so now I think there are a lot of college kids that are coming out of engineering programs at nearby universities who have really built up their aeronautical engineering program. And there's a lot more energy. And I think part of that is because you go down the street, on one side of the street is a huge building with the Blue Origin logo on it, which is Jeff Bezos' big space company. And on the other side is OneWeb, which just got a big $1.25 billion infusion of cash from SoftBank. SpaceX is there and a bunch of other entrepreneurs trying to do things that before was only reserved for people who had super high level clearances working at NASA. This influx of these private space companies, are they there because they are doing things NASA wasn't or are they there because NASA got its funding cut so NASA simply couldn't keep doing the things it wanted to do? Most 
the latter. I mean, when the space shuttle ended, it was devastating for that part of Florida. This was their livelihood. This was what their identity was, was working for NASA and putting space shuttles up into space. So when that went away, it not only kind of really hurt their sense of pride as a community, but it also meant that up to 11,000 jobs just kind of disappeared over the course of a few years. Now, some of those jobs were absorbed into other NASA programs around the country, but a lot of them just, there was nowhere to go. Where were the, where were people with those kinds of skills going to go when the space program was really floundering? How much of the companies that are down there, the space companies, the private space companies, are homegrown as opposed to things like SpaceX, which are essentially coming from Silicon Valley? Is there a homegrown, burgeoning private space industry there? And that's the critical inflection point that they're at right now. They successfully brought in the big players with a lot of money to come in and expand their operations from, you know, what mostly over on the other coast of states. What they're struggling with now is helping that fledgling startup community of, how you put it, homegrown talent to come in and build that the rest of that ecosystem, to build that supply chain. And they're expanding beyond just rockets and satellites, which is still kind of the manufacturing of those things is what is really the main focus right now. A lot of it driven by the insatiable demand for more broadband. That's what OneWeb and SpaceX are doing. Or they're focusing on launching satellites up into low Earth orbit in order to beam broadband access uh, more uh, universally across the country and across the world, really, at higher speeds. Whether venture capital backed or not, are there, you know, did you see, did you meet with some entrepreneurs down there who aren't Elon Musk, aren't Jeff Bezos, names we don't know yet? NASA actually has a program called iTech where they try to identify some small startups and then uh, match it with private investment to help them get over that hump of, you know, the C stage investment and, and help them grow. Now, I mean, the, the pool is still pretty small. I think they've only matched uh, small startups with maybe $410 million in the past couple of years. And by Silicon Valley terms, that's nothing, right? That's a drop in the bucket. But for a region like the Space Coast, that's a pretty decent amount of money. There was another one I ran into called Rocket Crafters, and they're creating hybrid rocket engines using 3D printing technology, which seems completely crazy to me. But they have they found a little bit of investment. They're trying to do more. They're in their testing phase, but they have a long way to go. Another one was called Made in Space. Uh, they're actually based in Jacksonville, but what they're doing is trying to use the unique properties of space to actually manufacture things in orbit, so taking advantage of the hmm. zero gravity, zero oxygen to manufacture uh, spacecraft up actually in space itself so that it might be better suited to long-term longevity in space. That's a unique story because that guy came from Silicon Valley and actually moved to Florida, and he said the reason he did that was because there was a huge amount of people with aeronautical engineering talent, and it was so cheap to build a facility and build a team. Kim, final question for you. You write about this today at Axios, and, and you talk about how this needs to be funded bipartisan congressional support. Can we get that on the NASA side of things? You spend most of your time in Washington, D.C. Is there bipartisan congressional interest in increasing NASA's budget to deal with Trump's moon mission, these Mars missions, and to help the public side of this ecosystem down there? Well, I think that's a, that's a complicated question. It sounds like I, I don't really see it happening. It's not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. However, unlike other you know tech issues like privacy legislation, other things that become more partisan, I think the idea of you know, harnessing the enthusiasm for returning to the moon, returning to space, and pulling kind of that national pride that the nation derived from when we put Apollo up into space nearly 50 years ago this summer. I think that there is a potential to kind of harness some of that national pride and patriotism of like, we need to pull together and help NASA do this next impossible thing that is on their plate. 
But, you know, we've had situations like that before, and there is always some way for partisanship to come into play. So it's, it's, it's a gamble, but I think it might have a better chance than other pieces of legislation just because of the sense of pride and technological promise that it represents. Thank you, Kim Hart, Axios Managing Editor. My final two right after this. The Equity Fund Resource Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Leveraging nearly two decades of expertise delivering solutions to emerging technology and growth companies, BridgeBank now offers services for funds, SBICs, and general partners including creative credit solutions, robust treasury management capabilities, and a suite of international banking services. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Tesla, which this morning announced that it will seek to raise $2 billion in new capital. This is something that CEO Elon Musk had said for months that he wouldn't do before kind of sort of reversing course last week in an earnings call, a very disappointing earnings call on both the top and bottom lines. What's perhaps most notable here is that while most of the $2 billion will come through the sale of convertible notes, Musk himself will buy around 10 million in new stock. That obviously pales in comparison to the $12.5 billion worth of shares he already owns, but it is an indication that Musk is willing to put his money where his very loud mouth is. And finally, vaping giant Juul might have a new rival. It's Enjoy, one of the earliest e-cigarette makers that was once valued at a billion dollars by investors as varied as Fidelity, Peter Thiel's Founders Fund, and singer Bruno Mars. But then Enjoy filed for bankruptcy, largely under the weight of too much debt and a little bit because of new regulations. Now it's back with the Wall Street Journal reporting it's seeking to raise money at a $5 billion valuation, proving that in corporate America, particularly the sin industry part of corporate America, what's old is new again. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great National Truffle Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.